Joya, I gotta talk about how hydration is very important. I learned this recently. Hydration's not just for like running marathons and exercising and that. You need to be hydrated daily. It's daily maintenance, right? So if you're going to the airport or standing on the sidelines of your kid's soccer game in the hot sun, if you're on back-to-back conference calls, it doesn't matter right? Proper functional hydration is essential. And Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier is the one product that you're missing in your daily life. Well, (laughs) maybe not you, Toria. (laughs) Uh, It's true. I actually use Liquid IV. I've used it for probably almost two years now. Uh, It comes in so many yummy flavors. It's a little powder that you put in the water you're already going to drink. It comes in strawberry, lemonade, grape, lemon lime, pina colada, watermelon, so much more. Um, It makes you feel so much better, so much faster when you need to hydrate. And with just one stick of this stuff, you hydrate real life two times faster than water alone. So quit wasting your time with water. It's it's for losers. It's a loser's game. Plus, you get essential vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, vitamin C, three times the electrolytes of any leading sport drink made with quality ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, soy. Plus, this company, they want equitable access to clean and abundant water for everybody. And to date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. So, Toria, how do we get this stuff? So, it's real people, real flavors, real hydration. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use your code OMRCHEFPOD at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code OMRCHEFPOD at liquidiv.com. Use it now. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. Hello and welcome to the third to last episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast about the nanny, which was a hit sitcom in the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am Shondi Pasquale here with Toria Sheffield. Yep. And, and if, if you were if you were watching this in real time in the 90s, this would have been the second to last episode. Uh, yes, that's true. It would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> smooth, smooth transitions with Shondi Pasquale. Uh, so, okay, so here we are. It's the it's episode season six, episode twenty, the baby shower. This one was got a whole host of people involved. Uh, Howard. Prisoner, James Nelson, and Sean Hanley all came up with the story. And then the teleplay was written by Suzanne Myers and Cody Farley. And then it was directed by Peter Mark Jacobson. And Toria, this is the one where what happens? Okay. So firstly, it's funny that it's called the baby shower because there is there is very little baby shower in this episode. Um, mm-hmm. This is the episode where Fran becomes convinced that Maxwell is going to cheat on her because of something that a psychic said. And yeah. there's reference to baby shower, but no actual baby shower. <laughs> Do you think the titling was purely they were like, what's going to look good in TV guide? So like we call it the baby shower because that's what we're leading to the whole season is like the baby of it all. Because there really is barely any baby shower. <laughs> yeah, I was almost wondering if like maybe um, there was an episode that didn't air that, and then it this mm. just got called the baby shower. Um, one yeah. of the questions that a reader had or listener had for uh, Peter Mark Jacobson when we interview him, it kind of involves like, were there any unaired 
season six episodes because I think there's oh, some great. online rumors that there are. Great, um, great. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, I guess we could we actually can do this the correct way and say uh, if you're listening to this episode, then coming up next week or the week after one of those in the, in the last two episodes, uh, we're gonna have a, a nice. Uh, exit interview with Peter Mark uh, Jacobson, as it were. Mm-hmm. He's graciously agreed to come onto the show and talk to us, answer all our final questions about uh, the nanny. So that's going to be really fun. I'm really excited. Yes, I'm really excited to talk to him. And I'm not sure. We we haven't really decided how we're going to package that all up, but it's a nice tease for you guys. And um, if you're hearing this and you're like, ooh, I want to send in questions, it's too late because we're interviewing him today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> after we record this <laughs> so don't do it please don't i'm sorry <laughs> but you can still listen to the episode it's gonna be very exciting and you can email us questions and we'll pretend that we're him and answer them for you if you're into that oh we'll use ai to do Ooh, it i love that yes we'll okay. use, we guarantee you we'll use chat gtp to pretend to answer your questions as peter mark jacobson if you're here and then this, and it's, and then it's like i mean where does consciousness begin? Maybe they are answered from Peter Mark Jacobson at a certain point. Maybe he's know. been AI the whole time. We'll have to ask him. <laughs> Add that to the list. Um, so, <laughs> we have a list of nonsensical. Listen to nonsensical questions. <laughs> are you AI? <laughs> Can you prove it? <laughs> okay. All right. So, so um, this one's right. weird because we start with uh, Brighton is getting into Harvard, right? Well, he, and then yeah. Okay. Well, okay. This episode starts. Niles, Mr. Sheffield, and Brighton, they're in the kitchen, and we establish that Fran is having terrible mood swings in her third trimester, so much so that they literally all, like, physically tense up when she comes into the room, like, bracing themselves, and then this is when we establish that Brighton has been accepted and is going to Harvard because, like, you know, uh, Mr. Sheffield's like, oh, my Harvard boy, and she's like, oh, I got a cake to celebrate. I wrote classic witch kid shit because... We know that Brighton is not that great at school. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you? I wrote, Brighton got into Harvard and it's barely celebrated because they're all silver spoon Nepo babies. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, He literally goes, it's just Harvard, Fran. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Classic Brighton. I mean, hey, if Maggie got into Harvard, I'd be like, it makes sense. And I'd be like, but you know what? I feel like she's going to go to Berkeley anyway, you know? Like she's going to say no to Harvard and do do her own thing. Um, Gracie too. No, sorry. Did I say Maggie? I meant Gracie. Yeah, you meant Gracie. Gracie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gracie's going to go to Berkeley Maggie's a natural baby. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? Like, like spoilers for the season, for the series finale, but uh, yeah. <laughs> they no, literally, no, those great. kids are literally like, bye, we're going to go be rich kids. Goodbye. Oh, Gracie, she's got what it takes. Yeah, she's um, great. She's got the goods. Okay. But so then, uh, oh, <laughs> there was this joke uh, when they're talking about Brighton going to Harvard. Uh, Mr. Shevin goes, takes me back to my eating days. <laughs> Fran goes, takes me back to my eating disorders. is <laughs> a dark joke, but it did make me chuckle. <laughs> yes. um, but so then, Mr. The Shepard- 90s, The 90s hated fat people. It's really crazy, dude. Not well, just this show. I won't even put it on the nanny. Like The 90s in general was so fat phobic. It was bananas. I mean, it wasn't just the 90s. It was everything up until like four years ago. <laughs> like, it was all culture up until yeah. not that long ago. It's crazy. Um, 
Um, but I will say this, the thing that the 90s had that made it especially uh, a pain point is then ultra unrealistically unhealthily thin also came into vogue. So it was a real killer combo if you were, you know, a teen or tween <laughs> in that era. Yeah. Um, I know. Because I always love it when it's like, it's like, look, pinup girl, like from 1957. And you're like, wow, like. She looks normal. Weird. Yeah, like, <laughs> great, cool. Um, okay, so then, um, right. Oh, so Mr. Sheffield, he leaves to go to work. And he literally, he's so afraid of Fran at this point that he backs away saying like, just want to say, uh, you're beautiful, you're thin, you're 29. Uh, hey, and the skin on the back of your hand snaps right back when you tug it. Which was a very funny thing to say uh, to your wife approaching 40. Um, and then when he said that, did you try that on your own skin oh, to see? Absolutely. I wrote yeah, what every woman approaching 40 really wants to hear is that your skin is so, supple and young. What's the idea? Is it supposed to it it's supposed to just immediately go back into place and not like slowly lower back? Yeah, like that is a sign of like visible sign of age, is when your skin is like less elastic. Oh, and you start elastic. to see it on your hands and, oh. and women start you be, like that's sort of like the thing that like you know <sighs> older women tell younger women they're like oh well your hands and your neck that shows it first you know protect <sighs> them and the thing is you think you think it is so absurd and you think you will never be that silly until you start seeing it on yourself <laughs> and then you start to panic and you're like lotion where's the lotion <laughs> um, is that why Wu-Tang Clan said protect your neck because they were like, <laughs> you could, it's a sign, early signs of early aging. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't realize, yeah, you don't realize how neurotic you'll be until you get to that age. Um, okay. So then, okay. then, 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 uh, Mr. Sheffield leaves and Brighton confides in Fran that he does not actually want to go to Harvard next fall. He would like to take a year off. And at first he braces her impact thinking she's going to be like super en enraged, but she's surprisingly calm. But then it's a misdirect because she ends up literally throwing cake at him <laughs> from his prize celebration cake. Um, and so clearly, like, this is going to be a bit of an issue is what Brighton is going to actually do next year and if his parents will let him. And then we cut to the Chatterbox, which we've had several scenes of the Chatterbox this year. It's been great. And Libby, the like, you know, the the employee, she comes over to Fran and Val who are getting their hair. They're like sitting under those hair dryers. Um, and she's like, you know what? She's like, hey, ladies, like, want me to read you tea leaves? Um, because I guess it's like some new hobby she's picked up. And Val goes, <laughs> she goes, oh, I had Sanka, which is a brand of instant coffee. And Libby's like, mm, I can read that too. <laughs> <She's gonna be> <laughs> like, <laughs> I loved this joke. I loved it. I loved and, it so much. Yeah. <laughs> and she, she starts reading Val's Sanka, uh, cup and she's like, Ooh, like I see a happy marriage, children, a condo. And a name that begins with F. And at first, Val's like, is, is he a pharmacist? And, for, and Fran's like, pharmacist doesn't begin with an F. And she's like, I know, but but Fred, Fred the pharmacist does. But it's And then she's like, Fred begins with an F, right? <laughs> um, but so basically, this woman is predicting that Val is going to get with, potentially get with Fred the pharmacist and have this wonderful life. And then... <laughs> And then Fran's like, Fran's like, oh, do me, do me. And she like hands her a Pepsi bottle. And I just love this joke that they're just like, she can, she can. Oh, I love this. 
whatever joke. Like, they start like, uh, with whatever beverage you have is what they want to be uh, read. But then she goes, I don't do diet soda. What am I, a quack? Give me your palm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, I don't do soda. Uh, <laughs> diet she's- soda. She specifies. <laughs> she doesn't do diet. She can read not diet soda and Dr. Pepper, presumably. <laughs> um, so then she reads Fran's palm and – She's like, I see you being very happy, you know, with your two new children and your husband. She's like, but mm, then I see him in bed with a leggy blonde with piercing blue eyes. And I'm seeing Beverly Hills and they're intertwined, you know, in bed together. And Fran flipped out because we do know that Fran is already primed to like not be acting rationally right now um, with her hormones. So she she takes this to heart. And then we also have in this scene, this was cute, that um, Brighton had clearly driven them to the beauty shop. Yeah. <laughs> he is such a little man. She's like an 18-year-old senior and he's driving he his is. stepmom and her best friend <laughs> beauty parlor and and he's just like Fran we've got to figure out like what we're going to tell dad about me not going to Harvard next year so we kind of established that like he's kind of gotten Fran like at least to advocate for him and his you know his wants um and Fran's like yeah why do you think I'm trying to look pretty like you know I can't run as fast as I used to so (laughs) basically like I'm gonna try to look pretty so he doesn't try to hurt me (laughs) which another dark joke um that that uh they always run to which is her running away from her husband <laughs> yeah running away from um, her husband <laughs> um we then we cut to a week like, sorry i'm gonna say we cut to a week later no we cut to i think later that week brian and sylvia they're out having lunch or like a buffet restaurant and fran is like worrying about everything that libby had told her and and sylvia yeah. sylvia was so funny in this scene she was this was like my favorite sylvia was my favorite part of this whole episode she's like you know, you're completely overreacting. And I think she even says, she's like, why do you trust what that Yenta busybody gypsy psychic says? It was like something that's like yeah. so many adjectives to like, de- to like demean this woman. Yeah. But she's like, why do you care what she says? Like she sweeps up hair at the chatterbox. And then Fran's like, okay, I guess you're right. I'm probably just Rest in peace, failed pilot. Failed backdoor oh, pilot. I know, I know. We, but so, oh, chatterbox. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> yes. Um, but so Fran's like, okay, I guess you're right. I probably am just completely overreacting. No sooner does she say that, do we hear Val's voice. And Val's like, hi, Fran. And then they look over. She is on a date with Fred the pharmacist. And Fran's like, oh, wait, how, how long have you two been dating? And they're like, just starting today. And he's like, but I've been in love with her since the moment I saw her. And then he goes, hi, Fran Sheffield. How's your well? Did it start to postulate? <laughs> yeah, this is a pharmacist who always overshares embarrassing information about people. <laughs> and he uses her full name loudly at a neighborhood restaurant. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then <laughs> then he even mentions how she also often buys Metamucil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... Fran rushes over to Sylvia, who's back at the salad bar, and she's basically like sobbing. And she's like, Ma, the psychic was right. She was right about Val, which means she's going to be right about me. And Sylvia goes, I freaking love this line. She goes, Darling, you're all wound up. Who wouldn't predict that Dumb and Dumma would find each other? <laughs> she motions to Val and Fred. So funny. Um, and then we go, back to the mansion and this is where um i wrote side note 
we, th- this is a scene where Yetta is sitting in the living room. She has a gift in her lap. And she's like, this is the most boring baby shower I have ever been to. And Niles sees her and he's like, Niles, this baby shower is, she, Niles is like, yeah, the baby shower is next week. And she goes, I missed it. <laughs> so she has no sense of time anymore. Very sad. She also thinks, she also mistakes Gracie for one of the new babies. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. She's like, she goes, oh my God, you're walking. <laughs> and she's like, you're not going to fit into the Osh, gosh, but gosh, I got you. <laughs> it's one of the craziest things she's ever done. <laughs> yep. And that's the only reference to baby shower this week. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, you know, you're right. Maybe, I, you know, I don't, yeah, it's very strange. We'll have to ask why this got titled uh, the way that it got titled, because it is a good question. Um, so then Maxwell comes down the stairs, um, and he's holding a suitcase, and he's like, the network has officially picked up the pilot, and I'm going to Beverly Hills for a couple days. Fran hears this, and she absolutely freaks out to Niles. Um and Niles, like, tries to reassure her and, like, minimize her concerns until they realize that Cece is going to be going with him. Because at first, Niles is like, where is he even going to meet a, a tall, leggy blonde? And then Cece's like, Maxwell, did you make sure to get my hotel room booked as well? Or, like, whatever it was, you know? So then they both start to panic, which I guess, like, I might slightly believe that Niles would get sucked into this now that he's yeah. like so into Cece and so like insecure that she might leave him. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. And I so they, yeah, they hatch a plan to basically go to California and try to catch them in the act, which is pretty psycho based on something a psychic said at a, at a hair salon. But hey, they're they're they are dumb and dumber as well in this episode. <laughs> And this scene, this next scene, we got to talk about this, Sean, because it is incredibly meta and incredibly interesting. I have so many thoughts on this. I really liked this. Yeah, I'm curious to hear your thoughts because the next scene we cut to the Beverly Hills Hotel. It's evening. It's a That's like a famous hotel out here. And Fran and Niles walk into the lobby. And the first thing they do is try to like get a key to Maxwell Sheffield's room, I guess, thinking they're going to catch Maxwell and Cece in the act. When Niles is like, oh my goodness, like Miss Fine, look behind you. Is that? They look behind them. And it is Fran Drescher in the lobby of the Beverly Hills Hotel. And she's dressed in like a sleek pantsuit. She doesn't have Fran Fine hair. She has like much more like, you know, 90s contemporary normal hair. Uh Uh-huh. And she like, you know, it's just, it's, it's really interesting seeing her not dressed as Fran Fine. And then we do the split screen because they're basically standing next to each other at the check-in counter. Yeah. It's the old, uh, it's the old, uh, oh man. What was that show? Now they're cousins, identical cousins, BBB. That was like the first show that that, that employed oh. that technology. Uh, it's like an old TV show. Someone in our audience. The Patty Duke Show? Patty Duke Show. Thank you. The Patty Duke Show. So that was one of the very first TV shows to ever employ on a full-time basis the split-screen trick of having like the same actress play you know, two characters in the same scene. Um, and she played her identical cousin why are they identical cousins and not siblings or was it like the cousin only came sometimes 
Yeah, no, the like that was the bit is like they were just they were two cousins who looked exactly alike. Wait, listen uh, to this. I'm on the Wikipedia. Yeah. Patty and Kathy have an additional identical cousin, Southern Belle Betsy. Yes. <laughs> who featured in the in season two episode The Perfect Hostess. Yeah. Wow, what a trip. It's like remember Twin Peaks? Yeah. Remember there was an identical cousin in that too. I it's think weird. the idea was like Patty Duke was a huge like star and they were like, just give her something to like give her whatever she wants to do. And she's like, I'd like to play 56 characters. But why didn't they just make them sisters? Because it's more interesting. Is it? Well, okay. <laughs> well, we'll get into the hey, we'll get this on the Patty Duke oh, um, on our Patty Duke podcast. <laughs> yeah. Duke cast. Sean and Dory on the Patty Duke cast. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do want to do I Love Lucy, though, but all right, we'll get into that uh, okay. later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, okay. okay, okay. So they so they run into the real life Fran Drasher. Yes. And who, Fran finds is- <laughs> Nanny Fine thinks is Marissa Tomei. <laughs> well, no, it's not that she thinks she's Marissa Tomei. It's that she's like clearly thinks Fran Drasher was in my cousin Vinny, <laughs> which which made me ask uh, ask to this the world like or I, it, it's very clear that people must have confused Fran Drasher with Marissa Tomei in real life because it was very much yeah. a like winky joke because mm-hmm. Fran Drasher's like where do you keep your Oscar from my cousin Vinny <laughs> Fran, yeah. Fran, Fran Drasher goes uh at Marissa Tomei's house and then Fran fine kind of looks like ooh <laughs> Oops, right. um, yep. but so but so Fran Fine, I'll just say nanny nanny fine tells nanny fine, um yeah. Fran Drusher that uh well, first of all she's like, I'm your biggest fan. And she's like, and you know, so we're actually here to uh, spy on my husband and and or maybe Niles is saying this. Niles is like, we're here to spy on her husband and my girlfriend because we think they're cheating on us. And Fran Drusher is like, Oh, you know, we have an episode with that exact same plot line this season on my show. Um, so we've, oh, that's the other thing. We've established that in this like weird meta world, Fran Drescher has a show where she plays a nanny and there is a butler and uh, Niles and Nanny Fine watch that show. <laughs> yes. And, Although and so it's never acknowledged, like you would think if you're going to go that far, you would have some acknowledgement of it's very familiar to them. <laughs> but they just seem to be like, no, oh, yeah, yeah, we love that show about exactly our lives. But that's why it's so funny. And then so then and then Fran, um, when Fran Drescher is like, oh, we have an episode this season, like about that exact same thing on my show. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, oh, and then and then Nanny Fine goes, well, when does it air? And then Fran Drescher goes, now it's airing now. 
Yeah, and then she goes, um, and next week is the series finale. Yeah, she goes, and don't forget to tune into the series finale next week. And Frank goes, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Unless, of course, that's what I'm having, my twins. And then mm. they both pointedly look at the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved this. It was so I loved it was it. so quirky and um, I loved fun. it. I mm-hmm. loved it. Give me a whole show about the nanny TV show in the nanny. Yes. Cause like, <laughs> here's my questions is the, are the characters on the nanny in the nanny named the same? Or do you think they're named differently? Like, is she Fran fine? I bet they're no di- way. Right. They're different names. Cause if, cause it couldn't be right. Cause then it's too crazy that they don't acknowledge like, this is our exact lives. Like she can't be married to Mr. Sheffield. I would imagine in this like weird thought Kafka experience experiment, it's it's the different names, but it's so so fun. It's so so fun. fun. I want to write that show. It's like a hall of mirrors. Um, And oh, Mister, oh, Mister Mayfield. (laughs) Yeah, like what's another? (laughs) Oh, Mister Mayfield. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like. Charles Mayfield. Charles Mayfield. Yeah. Hello, I'm Charles Mayfield. Oh, Mr. Mayfield. Um, I know. And, and these are my kids, Barry. You just use one of the names that CC, and then you. Yeah. Oh, okay. So and here we go. Ready? And then it's Fran Cohen. Yeah, and the reason CC, RCC keeps misremembering the kids' names is because RCC is not actually from this Fran Fine <gasps> universe. She's from another one and oh. her and the original CC got swapped when she went away to the asylum. <gasps> Boom. Boom. <laughs> oh, hey, and people say we write inaccessible. <laughs> <laughs> This is what people get when they tell us, hey, we want slightly longer episodes for the last ones. <laughs> this is what happens. They get the, I they hope get the, like ram- the ramblings of unstable, self-indulgent minds. <laughs> do it, do it um, we're like, okay, it's the nanny, but sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So then um, – where were, oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so they have that run-in with the real-life Fran Drescher, which is so fun. And then we cut to F- Fran, our Fran. Fran get, lets herself into Maxwell's room. She, like, got the key from the front desk. And she sees, like, a figure, like, sleeping alone in the bed. And she's like, um, oh, like uh, – or, or I'm not even sure if she notices it's someone alone. But she gets into bed to wake the person up. And it is Cece. So, yeah, I actually do think she thinks it's Maxwell sleeping alone. It's Cece. Cece wakes up terrified that someone is in her bed. And she just starts screaming and, <laughs> and like, hitting the person with a pillow. And so it just evolves into Fran and Cece, like, smacking at each other. <laughs> and screaming funny. in terror. And, and, then, and then they turn on the lights. And, you know, Cece's just like, what are you doing in my bed? And she's like, what are you doing in my husband's bed? And Cece's like, we switched rooms. Chester likes a terrace. And then Fran looks around she's like well where is chester and she's like oh i left him with maxwell that dog is annoying (laughs) and and so uh, it just established that like no like cc's not in bed with maxwell she was sound asleep by herself and then and then she's like and she's like nanny fine like i don't want maxwell like i found the man of my dreams like he he's wonderful he's attentive and and she's like 
what is it? She's like, he pleases me multiple times. (laughs) Basically insinuating she has multiple orgasms with Niles. And then Fran, it's just funny because like their vibe instantly shifts to like two ladies like laughing about sex now that Fran is realizes nothing's going on because Fran's like, oh, really? And she's like, let's let's just say it's a perk of being with a man who lives to please. And they just both go, oh, like elbowing each other. I like how like Susie's like instantly like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like she broke into my room, crawled into my bed. But yeah, now we're just, this is all like fine. I mean, it was a misunderstanding. She, you know, yeah, yeah, it was a misunderstanding. It was very funny. Um, and then we cut to Niles letting himself into Cece's room <laughs> because he thinks he's going to find Cece there. And he crawls into bed, but then finds Maxwell. And then they start like being like, oh, what, what, what? and at which point Frian comes in because Frian has realized like, okay, Ma- Maxwell's in a different room. And then Maxwell's just like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, like Niles in the bed next to him. His wife has popped in in the middle of the night. And and she's like, well, it's not my fault, you know, because I have a psychic. And, and she told me that that you would be in Beverly Hills in wrapped in the arms of an of a blue eyed leggy blonde. And then they realize that like Niles is in bed with him wrapped around him because he had thought it was Cece. And then they're like, oh. And Niles, like, he's so happy psychic. here. <laughs> He goes, your psychic thinks I'm leggy. <laughs> um, so he's just pleased that someone like so in a psychic vision thought he was attractive. Yeah. And then and then Mal's like, get out of here, get out of here. And so I rather Maxwell's like, get out of here, get out of here. So Niles gets up and he leaves to go find Cece in her room. And then this made me laugh so hard. It's such a subtle beat. But so after this incredibly absurd debacle, Fran just puts down her purse and she goes, uh-huh, funny coincidence. Anyway, what do you think of LA? I love it. It's Aaron. My hair is flat. And she starts just crawling into bed with him as if like none of what just happened wasn't completely insane for her to have done. And she's like, and then he's just like, stop it, stop it, stop it. And he's like, you flew 3,000 miles because of some nonsense a psychic said. And then she's like, oh, she's like, it's him in bed now. And she's like, I, I just needed to know, you know, like if some leggy blonde did come on to you, you tell her that, you, that you're madly in love with your big, fat, moody, pregnant wife, right? And then he's like, of course I would. And they kiss. And then she stops and she goes, you'd tell her I was fat? I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm mean, pregnant. That describes it. I'm not technically fat. And he like literally like rolled, like, like burrows under the covers because it's just like so exhausting being married to her right now. <laughs> um, but so... Then um, we go back to the mansion. We're wrapping things up. We're in the kitchen and Brighton officially tells Mr. Sheffield that he wants to take a year off and travel through Europe. And at first, Mr. Sheffield is incensed and he's like, he's like, "Uh, what do you, what do you mean? And he's like, well, no, I just, you know, I just want to like find myself, you know? And he's like, oh, you're Brighton. He's like, you're Brighton Sheffield, Harvard freshman. There you are. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I just, you know, I want to see this and I want to travel and I want to, you know, go, you know, 
walk the streets of Paris. And he's like, and how do you expect to pay for it? Which does imply that it's kind of nice that, you know, Mr. Sheffield is not just going to like give him money for this. I mean, he's like, I'll get a job. And he's like, with what skills? And then he starts, he's like, you don't speak the language. And then Brighton starts to mime. And he's like, you're going to be a mime on the streets of Paris? And he's like, see, I'm good. You got it. (laughs) And and then Fran kind of like ushers Brighton away and sits Mr. Sheffield down and is like, honey, like, do you want um, your son to regret this time of life? And he's like, yes, yes, I do. And then <laughs> and then I forget if Fran brings this to attention or if Brighton does, but kind of like, remember when you were his age and you wanted to work in the theater and your father told you it was impractical and you did it anyway. And, and, and you know, now everything is so much better for it. So it kind of reminds him that like, this isn't the end of the world if, right. you know, someone takes a year off. Um, yeah. It's not. And so, and then he kind of comes around. He's like, well, I, I guess I'll, well, this is when you're like, oh yeah, that's some rich kid shit. He's like, I guess I'll have to return the Porsche I was going to get him as a congratulations present oh, and, boy. and replace it with a beret. Oh, <laughs> but hey, you know, we always, it, this is not news to us. We can't, you know, we can't get mad about it now. <laughs> it's like. No, listen, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, extremely wealthy and have a Porsche of my own. <laughs> No, 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 Sean. You, you. All right. No, I don't. We share a car. Oh, yeah. You're poor. You don't have a Porsche. Oh, right, 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 right. That's what it is. Um, you confuse it. But anyway, so um, the button on this episode, it was so morbid that it made me sad. Yeah, I agree. I wrote that. Because it makes you think that, yeah, it's going to die and not be around. Not just die, but die and her organs are going to end up all over the world. (laughs) That's not sad. I mean, that's a good, that's being an organ donor is great. But the joke was basically, so now Yetta is in the living room of the mansion and Libby is there reading her palm. And she's like. For some reason, the lady, the hairdresser, is in the Sheffield home. Nobody wants to hear from the logic. With grandma, logic police is not invited to this. I love it. No, I love this show. So then, so then, Yetta is like, "This is what made me sad because Yetta is so excited." She goes, "Where do you see me in twenty years?" And then Libby's like, "Well, I see, I see you with a man in New York, a a younger guy in Paris, and." A, a saxophonist in Chicago, and, and then she goes, "Ooh, that sounds good." And there's a beat, and Libby goes, "Are you an organ donor?" <laughs> Basically, meaning like she's sees him, her, her in all these places because she'll be dead by then. In pieces. <laughs> it's messed up. It was like very funny, but very dark. Very dark. Um, and that's the episode. <laughs> that was it. That was the whole one. I liked this one a lot. I thought it was a very good third to last episode or second penultimate, as it were. Right? Because the finale mm-hmm. aired is one long episode. So theoretically, mm-hmm. this is the this is the penultimate episode of the show. And, it, and it's a good one. I knew you were going to say penultimate. I, I knew it. It's my I favorite. For it. I love it. I think word. you were also at the beginning. I was like, I think he's trying to think if there's a word for third to last. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I could tell. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Is there? I don't, uh, I don't know. Pen oh, ultimate. Right. Try ultimate. Try Would ultimate. I made that up. Let's see. Try Well, let's ultimate. go with it. Guys, if you know what this word is, please tell us. I got to know if there's wait, a word. Wait, 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 wait. I think I found it. Last but three pr- 
pre-antepenultimate last wow last pre-antepenultimate pre-antepenultimate well god bless you holy shit gesundheit exactly well toria you know what this means oh wait but it's three before that and so fourth to last oh so Mm. okay anti-penultimate must be third to last Pre-anti-penultimate is fourth to last. Oh, there you go. That makes sense. Okay, so this is the an- – I thought this was the anti-penultimate episode. It is not. It is the penultimate episode. And as a result, this is the penultimate segments theme. And now, segments. Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, segments? All right, so segment time. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> wow. Wow. Pensive. Maybe. I got- <laughs> While that was happening, Toria... Victoria responded to a separate conversation in Slack and wrote, I feel trapped in reality. And it just popped up on my screen while that music was playing. And I thought, oh no, did I just depress Toria with this song? No. <laughs> I feel like that is so funny. I feel like I our, our, our random Slacks and stuff are so interconnected that it didn't even occur to me that you'd be like, Toria's not really listening to my song because she's <laughs> chatting me about something else while it's playing. <laughs> It's not even, no, my first thought was, oh, I made her sad. I thought you were DMing me. I feel trapped in reality. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was, Toria I, I just, just had like a, br- a psychic break. <laughs> no, no. Well, while it was playing, I just happened to look at the Slack that you, Tom, and I have, and I saw your most recent message. Yeah. No, we don't have but to share okay. that with the audience. I don't want to depress yeah. everybody. But yeah, so no. just, yeah, trapped in reality. <laughs> I get it. That's I get it. I'm an lyric. Trapped in reality. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's get favorite to. Lines. Wait, we got to go. Oh, we already did it. Oh my God. <laughs> we already did. I was going to go. We got to say segments, which we already did because we played the song. Favorite yeah. lines and moments. Go for it. Wow. All right. Um, okay. Well, a lot of them we mentioned for me, uh, moment, I really liked, uh, Fran smashing the cake into Brighton's hands. I thought that was really funny. I like when people do physical comedy, big fan. Uh, I also loved speaking of physical comedy, the bit of Val with the nail polish on her face. I know I was gonna, I was gonna cite that. (laughs) So good. So like Um, at the chatterbox, um, you know, Fran's there with Val and Val is flipping through a magazine with her hair under the dryer and she kind of has her, you know, is resting her hand, her face on her hand. When she moves her hand, there's literally like five spots of nail polish because she did it before her nail polish was dry. And she goes, oh, Fran, I smeared my nail polish all over my face. You've got to remind me next time. Get flesh colored nail polish. So <laughs> it's like, it's not remind me not to do it. It's that get skin colored nail polish. So when I do it and wreck my nails, it won't be all over my face. <laughs> the it's silliest solution. The best logic. I loved it. Um, so I love that. I love the Senka line um, that we, we mentioned. Um, I mean, uh, obviously, the whole f- meta sequence was amazing. You know, um, 
I love this scene when they were at the buffet when Fran and Sylvia are at the restaurant. Um, you know, Fran's like, oh, you know, Ma, like the psychic says Maxwell's going to, you know, get with some tall, leggy blonde. And Sylvia's like, you know, I wonder if it's going to be me because, you know, ever since I lost the weight, your husband has been giving me the eye. And Fran goes, he's just in shock of how big your head looks now. <laughs> just like, <laughs> such a, I just love the casual meanness between them sometimes. It's great. Um, it's great. And we yeah, we said a ton of my others. I we said a lot. Of Maxwell's your Brighton Sheffield Harvard freshman is great. The delivery on that was great. Yep. And um, for Yiddish, we had Yenta. Um, we also had it's not a Yiddish word, but I think it could be confused for one. It's Scheister, which mm -hmm. is German, and it's mm -hmm. it's a person, especially a lawyer, who is like fraudulent or deceptive. So you know when when um, Sylvia is hurling insults about Libby, poor Libby, <laughs> uh, she's like that Scheister Libby. <laughs> 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 like, like she's so condescending because Libby like has a service job. <laughs> um, okay, for nanny trivia. So let me actually reread it because I, I have not looked at this since last week because we were going to record this. Okay, for nanny trivia. So we had a listener. Um, Right in, um, Sean actually already read a bunch from her email. This is from Sophia. And at the time, you had even said there was some really good trivia in there. And there absolutely was. She sent some amazing stuff. And because this was kind of a Nile CC episode in its own way, like as, as part of it at least, um, I'm sharing some Lauren Lane, Daniel Davies info that she wrote, uh, wrote us after doing some research. She said, Lane and Davis knew each other for six years before bumping into each other at the auditions for the pilot. He had taught a master class at the American Conservatory of San Francisco a year or two before uh, she had begun her master's there. Hmm. So they kind of were like, you know, in the mix, people who knew each other. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, you know, it's just kind of interesting um, that that you forget that that um, the sitcom world and like the auditioning for pilots community is quite small. And you see a lot of the same people again and again in that world. And you never know, you never know who's going to get a job. Like you never know who's going to like be on the next friends or something or the next like, you know, big bang theory. You know, I think that that's, it, it's also, it relates back to Fran's whole story with the, the pilot, right. Of like just being on the plane, talking to an executive. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think like it, in a larger sense of like, you just, you just don't know how tiny this industry really can be. And like anyone you meet anywhere can end up being someone that's like very important to work with. So just be like nice. Yeah. Be nice. Be a nice guy yeah. or gal just be, or whatever. Just be a nice guy. You know, like, yeah. And help people when you can. Cause I think that goes a long way too. It's like, yeah. You know, I mean, I'll just never forget like one time in New York. Cause I, when I used to work kind of like in post-production and stuff, being at like a casting hall for a commercial and it was like, you know, a commercial for like a uh, Dick's sporting goods or something. And the premise mm. was like, there was a couple and they were in front of a tent while camping. And it was supposed to be kind of funny and this and that. And just the, like, there was dozens of women around the same age 
out there. And they were all like, you know, going over the lines and, you know, kind of in their own heads. And then to be like, oh, they they clearly like all knew each other because they all went to the same exact ones. And then it was sort of like, I could hear them talking and it'd be like, oh, like, you know, did you hear about so-and-so? Like, yeah, no, she got a, she got a job on blah, blah, blah. Oh, did she? It's like, and then they'd be like, oh, you know, good luck. Okay. Good luck to you too. But it's also like, it's just, it was, it was so hard. I was like, oh, like this is psychologically probably the worst thing you could do for yourself as a person. (laughs) 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 But anyway, but they, Hey, they got uh, Daniel Davies and Lauren Lane. They got the gig and we're so happy they did. Yeah. Can't imagine anybody else's these characters. No. I mean, God, no, right? They're great. They they, they really are. They get uh, – that's a note I had about the finale episode is uh, they give CC so much to do in the finale, and I was really happy for it. It felt like they oh. really were like, hey, let's let, let's let Lauren Lane just go nuts in this finale. She's great. But we'll get yeah. to that next week. Um, because first what- – First, we have to do the fan or the CC or the whoever. That's right. Um, okay. Well, who were you this week? Fran or uh, CC? I or was the Fran, one hundred percent. I have a very, um, I think, like insecure and doubtful attachment style. Where um, I will, I was just telling someone this recently. I will find all the information that supports the narrative that like the a person doesn't really like me anymore that they're losing interest that and it usually happens like it's um the first few months are fine and i'm really happy and then i start being like oh they're gonna lose interest or this is a sign that this isn't going well and that actually can really hurt then then it's very self-fulfilling because when you start you know acting from that place it's like kind of a little bit of a poison to the relationship Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i mean i agree that's uh i'm not really a jealous person so like i didn't really relate to to that i'm not i don't get i don't get very jealous i'm very like insecure but it doesn't really manifest through jealousy in my partner if that makes sense you know like mistrust of my partner i'm insecure about a lot of things of myself but like i i don't let that i don't project that outward with like well i don't i don't trust you because i feel like a lot of times i'm not that you do i'm just saying a lot of times i feel like that's where that mistrust comes from um is like insecurities Mm. right of like feeling Mm -hmm. like this person's gonna find someone better or something like that like sure i worry i worry about that but i just don't I don't, I think that's more my failing than someone else, which that's a whole thing. But I actually, uh, I actually really, I got where Brighton was coming from this episode. It made me, it reminded me of me at that age. And I knew you were going to say Brighton. I hoped you were going to say Brighton. Because I I, I was like, is he going to, I was like, you were either going to be so annoyed that Brighton was going to get a Porsche that you're like, I'm not Brighton. Or you're going to be like, no, I get it. No, I mean, look, I wasn't a, um, I wasn't rich by any means. So like maybe not going to school wasn't the best idea for me, but, (laughs) but I definitely felt like this is not where I'm going to be the most productive or get the most out of the next couple of years of my life. And, and I ended up going for a year and, you know, cause my mom was like, look, you gotta go, you gotta go for at least a year and try it. And I did, I gave it a honest try. It just wasn't for me. 
and I was like, I gotta, why, why would I be, you know, why would I be in Philly for another three years doing this when I could move to Los Angeles and just start trying? And mm -hmm. that's what I did. And it worked out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, as far as like, would I advise my child to do the same? I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't. I, you know, it depends what they want to do. I think, I think it really does. I think, I think one thing that maybe we're all learning in like our generation is a lot of it depends on the kid too. Yeah. Um, because there's some kids who are gonna, maybe they really need that experience or they, you know, and some kids where you're like, you know, they're probably gonna just, just waste, you know, they're going to be better working anyway. Like that's, that's, yeah. you know, yeah. my brother, my brother was forced to go to two different colleges because he dropped out of one. And then my dad was like, you gotta finish. And then like forced him into another one. And then he dropped out of that one too. So it's ultimately <laughs> kind of a waste of money. And then he did great, but he just wasn't a college kid, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I wonder, you know, I wonder what people think. Uh, this is, will be an interesting one. So if you're, if you're listening and you've got thoughts on, on whether or not you think college is a thing that should be, you know, that, that everyone should really like harsh, you know, firmly encourage their kids to do, or if you think it is more of a, based on what your, who your kid is and what their interests are and what they want to do and, and all of that, I'd be curious what people think. So, uh, you can tell us what you think. Uh, oh, Mr. Chef Pod on Instagram or Twitter, or you can uh, email us at oh, Podcast at gmail.com um, and let us know. I'm very curious. And we also, I'll put this on the like uh, Spotify question. So if you're listening on Spotify and you want to drop us a line there, you can do that as well. Um, but I'm very curious. And yeah, Toria, th this is, this is it. I guess we, this is the last I mean, one. We're going to do a, a big blowout episode for our series finale, for the show's series finale, and a little uh, a little interview bonus. And that's the end. Yeah. I think what we decided was just to, like, you know, keep the fun going as long as possible. We will, we will air the finale in two parts. And then so we can like do it full. So we're not like kind of condensing it, you know. And at first I was thinking we would air the interview the same day we would air the final, final episode. But maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it the following week. Let's talk about it off. Well, you know what? We'll talk about it off, Mike. Yeah. And if you've got thoughts, uh, you can tell us that too. How you want to hear it. You want a big, giant, two-hour-long thing to listen to or a bunch of smaller episodes whatever it all it's all gravy to us folks we're sad that it's ending and we love that you guys like this show it's really cool and i'm gonna i'm gonna miss it when it's gone so i'm gonna enjoy it while it's here uh toria i will talk to you in a little bit all right, <laughs> all right. that's fair <laughs> goodbye and now segments are we ready for segments we are so ready for segments let's go um, all right, so segment time. Segments. Mm -hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>